If you're like me and you seem to be going to more and more meetings that could have just been an email, then you're in the right place. This is Between Two Jobs. And now for something entirely different. Annette Young and Ali McDonald Bull are hard acts to follow. But today's guest knows a thing or two about putting on a show. Riley Hensler is a professional dancer and is part of a cast of a little cabaret you may have heard of called Moulin Rouge. Riley, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Before we get into how you've ended up at the Moulin Rouge, yeah. can you tell me a little bit about where you actually came from? I came from um, far north Queensland, Australia, uh, a place called Cairns, right at the top. It's very, like, summery and, like, I think it's paradise there. It's very local and small town. It's really cute. I love it. And you grew up there. You spent your whole life there up until kind of yeah. now-ish? Yeah, I spent my whole life in Cairns. Um, we moved to Gladstone, which is even further up in farther north Queensland while my dad worked there, maybe just for a few years when I was younger. Uh-huh. But we moved back to Cairns. How does that mean that you've ended up from small town Cairns to big town Paris. Yeah, it's crazy. There was an audition in Cairns yeah. for the Moulin Rouge. Yeah. That seems like really far removed. <laughs> so why were they in Cairns? Yeah. yeah, well, they actually, it was their first time auditioning in Cairns in 2016. They came to Cairns. Um, they had never been before and I'd quite kind of stopped dancing for maybe like six months. I kind of, because I given I did full-time ballet in uh, Sydney. Oh, really? And I'd given it up and... I just wanted to start a normal life and then this audition popped up in Kent and I was like, whoa, like, I have to go to it. It's so easy. They, they came to us, so I did the audition. Why did you th- think about or consider giving it up in the first place? I did ballet. Mm-hmm. It, ballet is so different to showgirl work. Ballet, the ballet world is really hard. You have to be 100% committed, really like ballet is your life. And I'm just not that type of person. Like, I like to have fun. I like to have a social life. Like, I'm really family orientated and Uh it just wasn't the world for me. I love ballet. I still love ballet, but it just, it's too cutthroat for me. And the audition for Moulin Rouge in the beginning in Cairns, was that a bit of, was that intimidating? Yeah, it was really intimidating. There was so many, in my audition, there was really a lot of talented ladies and, I had stopped, like I said, I had stopped dancing for a little bit and started my normal life and then this audition came up and I was like, oh, my God, I'm not prepared. Like, mm. do, I need to take dance classes and do the audition, but um, I still had it, <laughs> thank God, otherwise I wouldn't be here today. <laughs> and do you remember the moment when they said, and, oh, actually, was it a moment? Was it a series of moments? How long is the process of actually getting into the actual team? Yeah. I actually did my audition, like, in 2016. I made it all the way to the end of my audition. They had cuts, and I, me and this other girl made it to the end of my audition. We, Janet gave us a booklet of, like, how the Moulin Rouge works, like, you, how long you'd be working for and all this kind of stuff and kind of shortlisted me, and that was 
kind of bit. I didn't hear from them for a year. No way. You didn't hear from them for a yeah. whole year. Yeah. So I actually lived my normal life for a, for a whole year. How did your friends and family feel when maybe firstly you were even auditioning for the Moulin Rouge? Yeah. Uh, they were just, you need to do the audition, do the audition. They're in cans. Like, I'd be silly if I didn't. Actually, did you have friends audition with you at all? Seeing as you were um, dancing beforehand, did you have a network? And I knew was- I knew the girls who were doing the audition as well, but girls came from Brisbane and Gold Coast and Townsville and, you know, all over to do the Cairns audition. Um, I knew a few of them that did the audition, um, but I went in the audition alone. Uh-huh. But, yeah, my, my parents were really like, you know, do it. Like what can, what, what you know, like I wasn't paying for a flight to do the audition so like what harm could it be I was just taking a day off work and my boss was so he was like you need to do this audition like you'll be what what was that job that you were doing I was working as a receptionist at a law firm Uh uh-huh and doing like a settlement clerk for property conveyancing yeah that's very different yeah (laughs) I lived a very different life Um, I just assumed that it would still be dancing seeing as you did ballet in Sydney for as long as you did and then you go back to a law firm. Yeah. Wow. I really changed it up. (laughs) (laughs) So that's really great that your boss was so supportive saying I definitely just... He taught me so much about everything. I really am so thankful I met him. He, He was really do the audition. You need to do the audition. You're so young. And he helped me. I'm pretty sure he... He actually took the day off work for me so I could do it. Do they keep you in limbo? Like, is it like, oh, maybe yes, maybe no? Or is it just that there was complete radio silence? Or what was that year like? I had heard from Janet once throughout the thing, because the thing that happens with the Mulan, they don't actually know when girls are coming, girls are leaving. It all depends on contracts and who they want, who they take. So you just never know. Like, they might need 10 girls in October or they're only need two so yeah I was just shortlisted and and then when you actually you know it's it's been decided you have made the team you'll be doing the one month trial in Paris yeah are your family and friends ecstatic for you nervous for you yeah jealous of you (laughs) well I actually woke up to an email um just uh, from Janet saying like hey like what are you doing like what are you doing with your life like where are you blah 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 and I sent one back and I was just like hi like um nothing much I'm working and um just still in cans and you know like wow I can't believe you've emailed me kind of thing and then the time difference went by and I was sleeping and then the next day I woke up to another email saying, hi, like, we want to offer you an eight-month contract. When can you be here by? And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> oh, my God, this is crazy. I remember running downstairs and I was like to my mom, like, I think I've just been spammed. I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> and, yeah. This the, is a fake email. This is a this fake email, yeah. Real. This can't be real. Like, insane. I don't really know what to think, but my mom was just over the moon for me and, same as with my siblings. I've got three siblings. I have an older sister and an older brother and I have a twin brother. Oh, okay. So I'm very family orientated. So I was more thinking like, oh my God, how am I going to live so far away from them? And, you know, how am I going to do this? But at the time, like I was uh, 18, uh-huh. my twin brother had just moved to Brisbane and my ah. older sister had just bought a house with her partner and my older brother was just buying a house. So it was kind of like we were all 
doing something. Do, going our own way and yeah. doing something. So I was kind of like, it wasn't so bad leaving the nest. My mum had already let three go. So what was another one? I was so nervous and I just, I just really couldn't believe it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't have long. I have to leave in January. Like I have to, you know, and then I told my boss and he was just over the moon. My my parents couldn't be prouder. They're the most supporting parents I could ask for. When you come here, and I suppose you meet people from all the different sides of the world, especially at your work, do people, like, you show them pictures of cans and they say, what the hell are you doing leaving this paradise? Oh, yeah. Uh, when I first came to Moulin Rouge, obviously we have a lot of Australians, but they're mostly from Sydney, yeah. Newcastle, Brisbane. They don't really get a, a lot of far north girls so I was always called the bogan (laughs) at work but yeah I'm definitely the bogan at work which I don't mind I like it it's who I am it's where I'm from so when I went home in January last this year a lot of people were messaging me like why did you move to Paris you know like you live in paradise which I do I absolutely love where I'm from and I love Australia. I love my country so much. And I think being in France has made me appreciate where I'm from. But I also, I I am so in love with Paris so much as well. It's so hard. I love my country and I love Paris. When you do kind of get the official, yes, we'd like you to come now, does that mean you're immediately going from Cairns to Paris? Yeah. Right. Is that, first of all, like just the boring stuff, like the visas, is that a complicated thing to deal with or did they kind of handle it for you? Yeah. Well, they handled everything for us, like our flights and all that kind of stuff to get us over there. They did all our visa work. But as you would know in Paris, all paperwork takes a million years. So it was really frustrating, especially because we had to get the right stuff in Australia before coming over here. Like we had to get our birth certificate stamped with the right stamp. And if it wasn't the right stamp, you know, Paris, they won't let you have the visa. And that was really complicated. And Sounds I actually like did get the wrong visa. So I had to go through the process again. Oh, no way. Yeah. So how long did that delay you for a long time? No, I got over here. But when I needed to get my second visa and stuff like that that's when they realized I had the wrong visa gotcha so then that was a big issue and you could stay here and get the visa you had to go back to Australia no I could stay here Mulan just worked it all out and paid like an extra fee to get keep me here and okay a bit tedious but you got there but that's Paris for you it takes a million (laughs) years to do everything did you end up moving just by yourself or yeah well I my partner actually moved to London oh okay so he lives in London now and I live in Paris (laughs) Yeah. So you can just kind of get a train ride and yeah, see exactly. each other. Yeah, exactly. The Eurostar, it's super easy. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. Okay, so you're not 100% alone. I'm not lonely. 100% alone, but yeah. I am alone in Paris, yeah. Have you found it, though, difficult, easy to make friends, to meet new people? Is the cast of the Moulin Rouge an instant group of friends yeah. or how does that yeah. kind of work? Super easy, super ah. easy. I actually came over with four other Aussies. Oh, okay. And, well, Were they from different cities? Yeah, I didn't know any of them. And me and Jasmine, which is my roommate, came over with me. She's from Sydney. We, like, hit it off straight away. We're besties now and we live together. We've been living together for two years now and it's just so super easy. There's so many Aussies in the cast. We're all friends. Yeah. Do you think then it's a little bit easier to make friends with Aussies or expats rather than French people because I suppose you're going through a somewhat similar experience and you can kind of reflect on... I think so. But not even that, like the... um, 
French ladies that we do have at the Moulin, which we actually don't have a lot of French. Oh, really? At the Moulin, um, they're also lovely, and I'm I'm really good friends with them as well. They're but they've been here for years. That they've got children, or like they're a little bit older than me. So it's just a lot. Of, and a lot of the Aussies, the Moulin have taken them. They're quite young mm-hmm. because we always like turn around. We always end up going back home to our country. So yeah, okay, it's much easier. Just the same age group and stuff yeah, like that. just kind of works out yeah. that you're all kind of similar and you all get along. Yeah, exactly. Can you tell me a little bit about, say, your first month yeah. while you were at the Moulin yeah. Rouge? My first month, we're obviously on trial. Your first four weeks, you're in intense rehearsals every day from 1 to 4.30. You're in, you're in rehearsals with the captain. And you do the same, you go through all the routines, singing and all of this for the first month. Then you're only put on stage when they think you're ready. But it's not just getting ready, like getting the rehearsals down pat. You have to get your hair, you have to get your, how to put the hats on, how to put all the costumes on, um, getting your makeup right. If your makeup doesn't look good on stage, then you need to fix that and like how does. But are you doing your makeup or is someone else doing your makeup? Yeah, you do your own makeup every night. Yeah. And then they don't. You can't be too shiny, and if you're sweating, then you need to work out the correct makeup to make you not sweat. And when you make it through your one month trial, like, are you saying that there was a possibility that you could have just been sent back? To- yeah, there's wow. definitely that. You're on a thirty day trial, so if you're not up to their standards in the in the one month that you're here, they they can send you home. Well. You've obviously made it through and yeah. you've kept on going. So what has it been like since then? Incredible. Well, after you one month, you get put on stage and, yeah, you're, you. everyone starts off on Dancer Line. Um, so that's the French can-can and all of the amazing bijou costumes and headpieces. And then you can go up as in doing can-can. You can either get a solo or a duo. They have a soloist, Ken-Ken soloist and a Ken-Ken duo. So I got Ken-Ken soloist three months of being at the Moulin Rouge and that was... That sounds like a big deal. That was a really big deal for me, yeah. So I have my own Ken-Ken solo that I get to do as a replacement from Olga, our Ken-Ken soloist. She's off every Wednesday, so around every Wednesday I get to do be a Ken-Ken replacement Wow. Yeah, so that's really cool and keeps it different. Fun, and then you can either go from get duo and go into the topless line and get other things like this. So that sounds like there's a lot that you feel like you could probably progress through over time. Yeah, great. So you haven't peaked too soon then if you've managed to get a solo in the first three months. Yeah, yeah, I did really well. I was really happy with myself. And in terms of actually, um, you kind of touched upon how the Moulin Rouge kind of was supporting you to come over here. Mm-hmm. Did they help you find your place to live yeah. or did you get much of a say in where you were living? No, so the Moulin actually own the apartments above the Moulin Rouge uh-huh. and so they put up all their um, girls as soon as they, well, we come from so far away, we don't know who to contact about, you know, getting apartments or like how much you should pay and we're really lucky that Moulin own those apartments and they put you up in the in them and let you stay there for as long as you can to, you know, find your way and look around the areas that you want to stay in and get your own apartment eventually. So I actually stayed in the Moulin Rouge apartment for a year. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, it is in a really good spot. Exactly. So it makes sense that you'd take advantage for as yeah. long as possible. Yeah. So then, but you have obviously decided to move elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. Was that difficult, the process of getting an yeah. apartment? Yeah. Yeah, that was really difficult. I had to find an agency and then me and my roommate now, we had to find an apartment that actually had two bedrooms in it. Oh, yeah. And as you would know, a lot of the Paris apartments are really are only like studio apartments, so that was really hard. But we got there eventually. <laughs> was it difficult finding a neighbourhood that you liked? No, I am a bit in love with Montmartre. I okay. love Montmartre. It's so Parisian and I love the vibe, the food, the drinking, like everything about Montmartre. I love the atmosphere so um, me and my roommate, roommate live near the Sacre Coeur, which is awesome. And that means you can just kind of walk to work. Yeah, and exactly. We walk to work, walk home. How about your French skills once you'd moved here? <laughs> Did you know any French before moving? I knew nothing. <laughs> I knew no French. Did you think that it would be an issue that you didn't know any French before moving? A little bit. I was a little bit worried. I was like, how am I going to do the simple things like my groceries or like, you know, going to a coffee shop and asking for my regular coffee I was always like oh my god this is going to be really difficult but it's not like a lot of the French people speak English yeah some of them can be a bit rude but it's not it's not I understand because I'm in their country you know like I should know their language simple as that do you think it's improved though your ability to speak French yeah Yeah. not as like I've nearly been here two years now it's not as good as it should be, I think, but that's also because half of the Mulan, well, most of the Mulan, we speak English at yeah. work. We don't speak French. Yeah, right. So all my dresses speak English, all my workmates speak English. I don't speak French at work, so. Have you just been learning French through conversation or have you been taking classes? I've been taking, here? when I first came to Paris, Mulan gave us um, a teacher for like six or eight weeks. So I learned, I did it my eight weeks with this teacher. Got the basics down. Yeah, got the basics down of like, hello, where am I? Like, you know, asking for my coffee. Yeah. I have that down pat. <laughs> the most um, important stuff. But I also, I take one of the boys at Mulan teaches French, so I also am taking lessons ah, from him. Oh, yeah. great. So your buddy has become your teacher. That's yes. very good. Did the Moulin Rouge meet your expectations or did they just completely blow them out of the water or or how was it different to what you're expecting? Well, obviously I've heard of the Moulin Rouge and, you know, looked at all their videos on the internet and YouTube and it's nothing like what you see in real life. It's incredible, yeah. So what's it really like then? Tell us. <laughs> it's just so glamorous and very everything's done in such a classy way and it's really it's a sh- like the show, if you go and watch a show, it's just mind-blowing. It's nothing what you expect, that's for sure. I did not expect half of the costumes and all of the dances and the outfits are just insane. Yeah, all the bijous and diamonds, feathers that you have to wear, it's crazy. Is it as physically demanding as you're expecting, more, less? The can-can is very physically demanding. It can be really hard on your body, especially at the moment in some period. We do it twice a night for six nights a week. We get oh, one day wow. off. Wow. 
So that can be really hard, but I guess that's what the Moulin Rouge is, is doing the French can-can, so it's amazing. When you first got here, because you didn't know any French, had you been to France before? No. So surely there were a few moments of culture shock just outside of maybe ordering the coffee, like you'd said. Metros. I don't... I have (laughs) a few buses and cans, that's it. I don't... I've never been on a metro before. Yeah, the metros was a big thing and the did way you get people lost get around. The, did you oh, get lost on the trains? Yeah, that- yeah, definitely. But it's really, they've actually made it quite easy to catch metros here, I, I find. Cars, how many cars are on the street. Yeah, just how everyone's just living right next door to each other. That really shocked me the most. Well, I'm not used to that yeah, in Australia, as you would know. Yeah. Everyone has backyards and And even cans. Yeah. yeah. Cans yeah. would be much more, like, way less dense in terms yeah. of the population. Yeah. We just have houses and that's it. And big backyards. Yes. And, there's and then I come that. here and I have people living underneath me and on top of me. It's crazy. Has that been, I don't know, annoying or fun? Just like, can you hear your neighbours through your walls? Is yeah, that what you I- can hear your neighbours <laughs> through your walls, yeah. Um, but it's an experience and it's different. So it's like kind of like cool, you know, like I'm in an apartment block. I don't think I'd ever be in another one when I get back home. Are there things that you're doing now that are very super Parisian now that you're saying there's all these <laughs> bars and things that you like to go to? Anything that you feel like, oh, I would never have been doing this if I was oh, still yeah, in Cannes? I think so. I I have never touched wine before coming to Paris and now I love wine. Um, but, yeah, definitely just like, you know, going out with a group of friends, having meat and cheese and a wine, I think that's very Parisian. I don't, You don't... We don't really do that in Australia, I don't think. Oh, definitely no. not. Not as well as the Parisians <laughs> yeah, do. Exactly. What is something that people don't tell you about Paris? I don't think people really tell you what the atmosphere in Paris is really like or how hard it is finding, you know, if you didn't have a job and you were just coming over here, how hard it would be to find a job or your paperwork, the process of opening a bank and, you know, even visas, it's really hard to get all your paperwork sorted in Paris. Even with if you're going to buy a fridge, it takes 10 years to get, you know, the guy to come out and, and inspect your area to put a fridge in. It's like I think that's really difficult. Or I'm just coming from Australia and they're really like you call someone and they're there in 20 minutes, yeah. you know. But I've, obviously in Paris it's a lot harder because there's a lot more people and, you know, I think. Yeah, I just don't think people tell you how hard the life is in Paris compared to Australia. It's a lot more like go, 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 go. You need to be here to here. And in Australia, everyone's really chill and, you know, go from A to B when you can. Yeah. But no, that's not what it's like here. What did you think that it was going to be then? I didn't really know, actually. I just, I knew it would be different. Yeah, I knew it would be different, but I didn't think it would be this different. If you had advice for someone who was thinking about moving overseas, mm-hmm. whether that was just moving overseas in mm-hmm. general, moving to France mm-hmm. or moving to Paris, what advice would you give them? And is there anything that you would do differently knowing yeah. what you've just experienced? Yeah. Do it. <laughs> Move. It's the best decision I ever made. I have made, like, best memories and learnt so much, matured so much and the world is so huge. You have so much to learn and travel and see and it's crazy and you don't realise until you actually step out of your box. 
And so that wraps my conversation with Riley Hensler from Moulin Rouge. If you'd like to see behind the scenes, make sure to follow Instagram at Between Two Jobs. Have you got a question that you're dying to ask about the show? Well, then shoot an email through to hello at betweentwojobs.com. If you're enjoying this season, please leave a review. Not only does it really help the show get discovered by new people, but it also makes me feel loved, and that's what's most important. Until next time, good luck at work this week.